0: Hey, you okay? Oh, some damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? <coughs>
1: So the people have pressed play and it's been two weeks, so that's right, we're back here for another episode of It's The Damaged of Podcast, the longest running bi-weekly episodic podcast dedicated to one Friday 13th part 5 A New Beginning uh, and trying to keep the memory and spirit of Roy Burns alive, as well as Demon, Reggie the Reckless, and all the Bridges Mystics the at Pinehurst. My name's Adam Griffin. I'm here with uh, Rob Christie, Carlos Rivera, and the podcast producer from the stars, for the stars. That's right, Mark Warren. We're here. We're back. And We're talking. Uh, well, it was a mystery two weeks ago, but now it is not. Uh, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead 2013 and Evil Dead Rise. Uh, but before we get there, we had a landmark video game release over the weekend on august 18th 2023 we're recording this on august 21st 2023 but we want to talk about the game 50 years in the making that's right the texas chain space saw massacre the video game uh and um i played it a couple times carlos you played it a couple times no man
0: because every time i try to play it was servers too busy servers down i was like oh great here we go again
1: yeah it's, it's a good thing now uh gun media is the publisher it's being developed by sumo digital gun media was responsible for the friday 13th uh game back uh in 2017 did it go down in 2017. 2014 it's been a while time is a construct and it's still weird to me but we're here with a new game, it's like chainsaw, chainspace saw, classic video game. And Rob, uh, before we get into my experience, I'd like to talk to you because I don't know if y'all know this, but Rob, government name imminent, imminent, Christy uh, streams. He is a streamer. Sure. Uh, now, Rob, I want, I want to, I want to, um, I want to talk to you. Uh, about your people, your fellow streamers. What do you mean, your people? It's uh, fellow streamers. That's well, what, do you, what, do you, what you, right. you think What uh, kind of show is this?
2: Not much in the way of fellowship among streamers. I will <laughs> point that out real quick.
1: Now, uh, Texas Chainsaw so Massacre is a very fun game to watch. Mostly because it's it's a very well constructed game. Uh, it requires patience, uh, thinking, strategy, or strategery if you can't talk. Lots of um, interesting ways to go about a, 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 a match. Uh, one of them is to not make noise. And, and Rob, would you like to t- <laughs> would you, would you like to guess? Uh, Uh, a wonderful circumstance that I kept seeing over the weekend and kept uh, encountering during games over the weekend
2: to not make noise. Did you just end up watching a bunch of people that took that like a step too far? Like they stopped trying to make noise or the stream was just muted the entire time.
1: No, 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 Um, uh. So in the game, there's a lot of different interfaces. Uh, one of them is that you can see either on the uh, the victim side, which is the, the, obviously the victim side, or the family side with Leatherface and the cook and the hitchhiker and a couple of new characters. Uh, you, you can see uh, that various characters can make noise. And uh, if you get spotted by the family, you are going to die. Uh, that's the way the game is constructed. Uh, it is not a nice game. It's not a friendly game. Um, so, so what happens during a lot of these m- matches? Uh, various people will just spam on those buttons, make a ton of noise, and then here's the kicker: two, three, five, ten seconds later, I don't know how they found me. Uh, who's making noise?
2: <laughs> that tracks. <clears throat> that tracks for a whole lot of people that do the streaming thing. Play the game wrong and then get mad at the game, and usually say some silly shit about the game after they uh demonstrate to everybody that they don't know what they're doing. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. my first uh, my first match took 27 minutes, and I must have been stuck in the basement for eighteen because this is a goddamn maze <laughs> down there. And uh, finally made it outside. Um, I was the last one standing because everybody had died or escaped. And no mics because uh, lobbies are accessible. Yeah. And, and, and weirdness and people just don't know. Don't, don't know how to act. Anyway, uh, so 27 minutes in and um, you have to there's like four different ways to get off of a map. Uh, one of them is you shut off a car battery to stop an electric uh, floorboard so you can run out. Um, and I had no health. So I'm shutting off this car, a car battery to get out. And I, you know, I got two killers at me. I start running. My stamina's low. My health is low. And what happens? My character passes out. Hmm. Whoops. Whoops. character passes out there's two people lurking I'm like well as soon as I get up they're gonna kill me they're standing over I'm like well shit this is for somebody's highlight reel little did I know it was mine I get up they swipe I start spamming stamina to, to sprint I get away I get out last one standing last survivor Chivo's unlocked I damn near shut the game off. (laughs) That's it.
2: (laughs) Nope, I'm retired champion. It is my sincere hope that the two people you escaped from had TTV at the end of their names.
1: They did not, but in spirit. (laughs) So, excellent game, fun game. It's on Game Pass. We're not sponsored, uh, but we do point people to the fun stuff. That game's fun.
2: Microsoft, if you would like, to sponsor the podcast, you know, we can, we can talk. <clears throat> just saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carlos, did you were you able to see, uh, anything on the game? I know you had the server issue, but did you? Oh yeah, no,
0: <clears throat> I watched plenty and, um, there's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Cause I'm, I haven't, I have no, uh, I have no skin in the game. I'm just, just watching, as a you know, innocent bystander Watching these people play this game And you're right You're not supposed to Who who, who messed with the lock Who messed with the lock <laughs> Dude what Who cares like, <laughs> like, No one really knows how to play the game that well yet Then you see this one guy who's like level 25 already Yep And you're like this game just came out
2: Early access
1: streamers The sweatiness <laughs> is Oh my Gosh, the (laughs) (laughs) sweatiness.
0: But I enjoyed watching it.
1: Yeah.
0: It is kind of, uh, it's very, uh, it gets you very anxious.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. Grandpa's (laughs) in danger.
0: What? Who's messing with
2: grandpa? (laughs) Grandpa's
0: awake. Oh, shit.
2: Yep. (laughs) You fucked up. You woke up, grandpa, you're done. Gotta go feed him blood. Let's say feed yep. him his
1: blood.
0: Yep.
1: Fun Good times. Grandpa. Excellent times.
0: Good old grandpa.
1: uh No roadmap for the game yet. The developers have said that they do not want to provide a roadmap, which is fine because people are too entitled and they'll just yell about stuff that isn't happening anyway.
2: How come we don't have blah, blah, blah yet? The roadmap said you shut the hell up.
1: Well, it's already started because um, people are like, well, I'm going to chop top. And it's like well the, the game is is based off of the first one and due to the rights issues uh the game is only based off of the first one and uh they can't make any promises about that stuff so they're not going to talk about it give me chop top it's like no you don't understand how this works with you know, that being no.
0: said Adam with yeah that being said would you this is there's a question out of my head okay uh. Would you like them to take on Friday? I mean, um, Nightmare on Elm Street?
1: Um, only if
0: um, the Dream Warriors are in it. Yeah, I know.
1: No. no. <laughs> um, only if uh, uh, we got to get Robert Engle back. Got to get Robert Engel in there. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta, uh, you have to have a plan to promote teamwork and not, uh, not, uh, not play towards the griefing aspect of multiplayer games, you know. Um, it would have to be teamwork focused. Um, (laughs) sorry, yeah, yeah, so it's probably not happening. (laughs) <laughs> fair enough but i would yeah. like to see on that on that note i would like to see a uh, supermassive games uh who did the quarry they do a lot of uh interactive um narrative based horror i would like to see them do a nightmare now free game i would i would like to see that and speaking of games i would like to see more support even dead the game because um a lot of momentum Lot of momentum for Evil Dead, especially with Evil Dead Rise. Uh, in order to talk about Evil Dead Rise, we gotta talk about Evil Dead 2013. Uh we have d- discussed this uh way back, almost it's almost poetic. We discussed this 70 episodes back, way back in episode four. We discussed Evil episodes. Dead. Damn. We discussed Evil Dead 2013, and now we're here 70 episodes later. Discussing Evil Dead 2013 <laughs> in order to get to Evil Dead Rise. So I'm gonna start with somebody who was not on the show for episode four. Who's right. that? Oh shit. <coughs> right. Duh. Uh, so as, um we've done the whole remake, reboot, recall, sequel, marketing, jargon, nonsense stuff before. So let's throw all that out the window and, and just discuss this as a movie on its own. What did you think? Of evil Dead 2013.
2: what did I think of Evil Dead 2013' Let's put it simply I enjoyed Evil Dead 2013. I thought it was I thought it was all right I was trying really hard not to to do the thing where you watch a reboot and are like oh but in the first one they did this and I liked this better like for I've really uh, I felt like the original had was a little bit and this is a weird rate of phrase this, given the movie I know, but a little bit lighter in tone. Just a little, a little bit more on the comedic side versus the horror side. Well, 2013 was like, nah, we the horror side. <clears throat> so we're not, de- we're, nothing about this is comedic or even kind of lighthearted, except for one line when uh, she picks up the chainsaw. And says, "Feast on this, motherfucker," and then feeds it to the demon. <clears throat> um, I have to mention one thing. I don't want to, but I think I have to. Sure. Uh, an- yet another scene with a uh, just misbehaving vegetation.
1: That is and, a uh, very, very
2: good way to put it. And uh, the the thing like it's like I, for, I was first like why why would you have to do that at least and y'all can correct me if this happened in the original <clears throat> you see the shot in the book where that's happening so it's like okay i thought that was just some gratuitous shit they did but less gratuitous than i thought i guess still not uh, it's just congrats, no, no, that's that's fine. That was like I was when I saw that. I was like, "You better not, <laughs> don't do this again." Come on.
1: But, uh, yeah, that scene was gratuitous and fucked up in in the yeah. first movie. Yeah, um, it was not. Um, it was not uh, a not telegraphed. You know, because first movie, but yeah, yeah. and the, I th- I think uh its portrayal was more explicit in uh, twenty thirteen. Because you know it's detailed as a ritual, mm-hmm. like you're, you're you're paging through the book and you see exactly what forms uh, this force is going to take on these people, you know what it's going to do and everything, and uh, it's more explicit in that way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's screwed up. Uh, I, I do want to note that the franchise kind of gets its own revenge for those moments in season two of Ash vs Evil Dead when uh, Ruby and Kelly end up encountering the tree and they shoot the shit out of it so you know it's aware, the franchise is aware at that point that uh that stuff doesn't fly you know
2: yeah people don't really don't necessarily like that they didn't like it in the first evil dead and that's one of the things that almost anyone I've ever talked to about that movie mentions like did the, did the tree scene have to be in there but that's you know I thought it was like you said more explicit but le- I thought it was less gratuitous like it didn't just happen because someone thought lol wouldn't it be funny if it happened because and it was directly referenced in the book of the in this volume of the book of the dead But uh overall I liked it I liked the movie I thought it- as a reboot I thought it I thought they paid homage to the original in Good ways. It was very descriptive.
1: Good ways. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh Carlos, any anything that, that stood out to you um during this time around with it in, in Juxtaposition with Evil Dead Rise?
0: Well this is about the sixth time I've seen this now. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> but um it it, leaves, it left the door wide open for a lot of stuff to happen, which was good. Um, they didn't you know pigeonhole themselves in any way. This directly led to uh, Evil Dead Rise. And you can see how the storyline uh, plays plays through that. Um, I love the gratuity. I love the violence. I love the ickiness, the ickiness factor. I see Rob's face on that one.
2: Mm, I I just remembered the needle.
0: I am like, oh, why? Yeah, buddy. Why did they do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah buddy. Um. Oh, so no, it was good. Uh, Freddy Alvarez did a <laughs> fantastic job with with bringing back uh, Evil Dead to the forefront and um. Like I said, they left it very open at the end for more things to happen. So, spot on, good stuff.
1: Uh, Here, here's a here's a fun one before we move on. uh, uh, The Evil Dead Rise because, and I'm I'm bringing the character up just as as a uh, as kind of a function of. A function of former uh, performative stupidity in a horror movie uh, basically uh, the role of Eric in 2013 uh for simple fact that okay they encounter uh this book um it is wrapped not only in plastic but in barbed wire around the plastic. Right? And Eric takes the very blatant steps to snip open the barbed wire, tear the plastic open, proceed to see the warnings that says, you know, do not read from this book. And because he is an educated person of, of, of certain ilk and disposition, he proceeds to read from the book anyway and cause all this stuff and still be kind of at in, in wonder and dismay and disbelief at these very same things that he read and brought into this world throughout the whole movie um so with that being said is Eric the most willfully stupid character in modern horror history considering everything we've seen over you know since this movie has been released it's a strong question.
2: I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer yes, but I kind of want to.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not too bright. No, it's like man. You
2: see, it's scribbled. It's like it looks like it's etched in blood. Don't you know? Uh, and I can't. I can't remember exactly, but the the gist of the message that was scribbled in that book was: don't don't read this shit, man. Don't look at it. I
0: f- I feel you like doing? if it was happening to one of us, right? That we've seen enough horror movies to know this book is I'm not opening this book.
2: I was about to Why ask which that? which one of the four of us would open the book.
0: <laughs> Griff would say me, but
1: No. <laughs> no. Well No, no, I wouldn't. Because that's not huh. because well because also here's the thing. And this might be an existential question, but you know, it's been two weeks. Y'all should be ready for this kind of stuff. Uh,
0: existential question ready in two weeks. All right, okay. let's
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you've seen a lot of harm do you know you're in a harm
0: Oh, shit. Yes. Where's the camera? Don't leave camera.
2: Okay. Okay, the problem is. Given that question, that means I would be the one who opened the book because I'd be—I wouldn't have a goddamn clue.
1: <laughs> Fuck, well, Rob, it's my like fault. Know, would you like to know something? Sure. I was going to say you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have—I don't well, have enough this...
2: experience. I don't have enough experience.
1: <laughs> this, I wouldn't know. This
2: looks
0: like a. This looks like a good book to read. No, let, me, uh, I, let me just get my bolt right? cutters real quick. Let's I feel like asking. Cutters.
2: I I was going to say, I really hope that if I ever encountered just anything wrapped up in plastic and then also barbed wire to hold it shut, that my mind would not immediately go, I need to know what's in there. But I don't know if I trust my brain anymore. Just what now Uh, for those of you listening one of us may or may not have been holding up a uh, copy of the book of the dead. Yeah. Just a. did they call it, they, did they actually refer to it as the Necronomicon in the evil dead, the original?
1: Uh, no, it was the term de montum.
2: Okay. They kept that name was maintained from the, the original to the new, oh, reboot okay yeah. I was just that was just a curiosity I had
1: yeah but of course, the fact that the uh the name changes of the book itself coming to play in the franchise lead us directly to uh Evil Dead Rise. and I'm gonna yeah. call it here. I'm gonna call it here the greatest expansion that this franchise could have ever hoped for. Concerning the portrayal of the book throughout history, because now it's completely wide open and everything is up for grabs. Um, I saw Evil Dead Rise twice before it hit home video. Once in a sneak peek uh, a week before it actually opened, which bucket list right there. And then, how'd you do that? Uh, I got I uh, saw it opening for a screening about an hour away, and said, you know what? I'm going to do it. You left your house. Look at you.
0: Yes. <laughs> My man. <laughs> My man. All right. Yes.
1: Evil it. would get me Carry out of the house. Uh, yes. Yeah, so then saw it opening weekend. and put actual dollars towards it. And then, uh, you know, got digital. So we, we have it wrapped up. Now we're here. Um, uh, I will hold off because I don't want to color the conversation any which way. So Carlos I would like to start with you in your thoughts on Evil Dead Rise
0: um to echo your sentiment this was the greatest expansion the opening scene alone real got me got me in i was i was hooked right from the beginning um they like you say, they, t- they tell the story of the Book of the Dead and it's history so we have more of a of an idea of what's going on um, and what's actually really good about this film is no one no one people you think are going to survive maybe survive nope spoiler alert, they don't this movie didn't care for nobody it's heroin,s or it's 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 whatever you want to say. It it cared not for the safety of this building. Oh, uh, poor little kid, man! I feel bad for him because he would been the Rob Christie of this uh, expedition. <laughs> playing record, playing the record. That was the one thing. Playing the record, then the book. Oh my god! Oh, like- I
2: mean, that's is that the worst part? He didn't even read the book. Like he, yeah, he opened it and looked at it. I think after I saw the book had Teeth, I would hope that would have been like, nah, I ain't fucking with that. But it reminds me,
0: do you guys remember back in the day when they used to, they used to have those small little 45 records for like He-Man? And then yeah. you'd, you'd yep. read along with the... That's what it felt like for me. Yeah. Except that there was a lot more death than I remember there being in <laughs> He-Man.
2: Play that record. Try to turn it off. He tried to stop it and it's like nah. <laughs> nah you. Like, once, once, once that's once it started, it's like nope.
0: It was and it just it, I don't know. To me when I finished the movie, I was like, wow, this movie's over already? Like it, it just It was so quick. Like everything, like the pacing was good. There was like never a dull moment. Um there was no spots for a respite, like you they were just consistently just being the crap out of all these characters in, in this building, and was just, oh the neighbors? Yeah, f you. You guys are gone too. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to. We're not only going to hold this on. We're not just not going to hold this towards you know the the core group of the family. No, we're going to. We're killing everybody.
2: Everybody for dies. Sure. And yet, there's still plenty of room to you know for that franchise to continue like a lot of room for it to continue, especially considering the revelation that uh, maybe there's more than one book of the dead.
0: Yep. Yep. That would explain a lot. Yeah. I think specifically
2: it's
1: three, three volumes, right? Three volumes. And, uh, here's something that even evil dead two got into, uh, the idea that people can add pages uh, you had the lost pages of the book of the dead and evil dead too. Uh, you had the whole subplot in uh, Astros vs. Evil Dead which all that stuff counts don't stop doing the weird headcanon thing it all counts stop being weird internet uh,
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a strong comment right that's there inter-
2: internet stop being weird challenge fucking impossible
1: yeah, I know impossible. I know. know. We're we're on heart mode all the time around here. Uh <laughs> but um uh I I think it's funny because because all talk around Evil Dead is kind of like this circular uh idea that okay, well, you know, can they do it without Ash? And of oh. course you saw in twenty thirteen, yes, you, you can do it without ash. Um uh you know, it, it, Bruce Campbell's in a producing role. Uh, He has an uncredited cameo in evil dead rise. Uh, It's like in this movie proves um, that the franchise is uh, more than capable of telling a story without that character, you know, cameos aside, you know, he had the, 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 uh, the Batman profile cameo at the end of 2013. Um, again, he has the, the vocal cameo in Evil to Rise. You know, he's hands on as a producer. There's clips of him, um, uh, biting in, into an apple to produce the sound effect for when the kid in the hallway gets his eyeball ripped out. Mm. Uh, so he's still, he is more than a part of the franchise, you know, than you'd assume, you know, that his character not having a role in. Uh, and I think the biggest thing that Evil Dead Rise does is that it answers that question of, you know, can this thing go on without Ash not once but twice in the same damn movie Um, on both sides of the coin uh, with uh, Lily Sullivan's performance as Beth Bixler and uh, holy shit Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie, both mom and deadite, in a uh, beyond star-making performance in that role. Like, you kind of had the feeling that, that character that character was going to bring it in the teasers and the commercials and everything, but seeing the whole thing, like. Jeez, that was really damn good. Like, here it is. Like, she was so good in that role. It's like, uh, for me, it's like, okay, I want to see this flipped. I want to see that dead eye come back, like Arnold in T (laughs) two.
0: I mean, that's a bit much.
1: Hey, (laughs) it's a bit much. much. It's fixing anything to happen. So yeah, like just what a, what a great deadite. <laughs> we have, we have a producer's note. Yes, we've been uh, watching animated X-Men and yes, there is a very heavy uh, Terminator 2 vibe that is fucking, probably in my brain. <laughs> fucking Nimrod, man. Fucking Nimrod. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but what did you guys think about performance, performances in this one? They were all at
2: least very solid, very solid performances. Like, I, there's not a single character I can point at and think that character kind of sucked. Like, as people, maybe the characters sucked. But as far as performances go, no, everyone, everyone there uh, did well. They knew they knew what they were doing. They knew how to do it and they did it.
0: I agree with um, Ellie was just she was fantastic in this movie. Because um, not only are you playing a deadite are you playing a victim, a deadite a single mom of two um, it was crazy. Like There were so many different things that were going on in, this, in, in the film with her. And she she did an excellent job in all of it. Like I loved, I loved her in this movie. Um, the,
2: the way she psyched out her kids, it's like God damn, that's that, like that was really messed up. In a in a good way for the movie, but it's like, oh come on, you can't just start singing to your kid like that while you're a goddamn <laughs> demon. Of course you can. It's a demon that's they're to take their victims. You know they know the best way is to. Fuck with them first. Get in their heads.
0: Damn, and the, damn, and the, damn. And then on top of that, all the gratuity of all the <laughs> violence that was going on. Was there a cheese grater at one point?
2: Yep. Yes. Ah, oh, it!
0: That, as soon as that, she as that, soon
2: as she grabbed that, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Yep. <laughs> that happened.
0: I was like, cheese grater it's reminding mm. me is now number two on the list after you know the Achilles cut <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I officially have I officially have the Achilles cut first the cheese grater second
1: because
0: mm. that was as much as I was disgusted by it it was amazing
2: and uh, Griff mentioned this earlier when uh, the neighbor gets their eyeball bit out and then not only does the eyeball get bit out, it then gets spat into somebody else's throat, and they choke to death on it. And it's just like that is both incredibly fucked up and kind of inventive. Like that's like that's a that's a horror movie kill I haven't seen yet. I don't know about y'all, and y'all have seen way much way more horror than I have. But Jesus.
1: Well, they they did that gag in uh Evil Dead Two, ah, uh, and it was much more humorous, of course, because you know Evil yeah. Dead Two is like. Evil Dead 2 is a singular entity of uh slapstick gruesomeness. But yeah, they did the, the more um <laughs> the more effective version of that gag in Evil Dead Rise. And that whole that whole hallway scene in general. Like I hadn't I hadn't been expecting that kind of massacre in an Evil Dead movie until it happened. And the fact that he just went right through the people and showed it pretty much the aftermath. They kept most of it off screen. So you just, and the whole movie's got phenomenal sound work anyway, but that sequence in particular was just amazing to see. I
2: think uh, maybe this is just me, but I think the, the biggest revelation of evil dead rise is when they were just like, all the you know the previous movies gave you all kinds of ways to, to defeat the demon, right? To kill it, to actually banish it from our world, I guess. And then finally we come to the revelation. Yeah, none of that shit works. None of that shit gets rid of it forever. The only way to get away from the demon is to run. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> that is both messed up and also a way to just bust your franchise wide open. nope no
1: escape yep yep, and that's the fun of it it just completely it opens things up for the future so you know it's like okay yeah that 10 year wait we had between 2013 and uh, and evil dead rise for an actual movie a movie that mind you they were going to have streaming Uh, it was going to be streaming only and they said no this is testing so well we're going to put this out and of course it was a hit so yeah, that ten-year wait—they are—they're uh, they're probably cooking up some fun stuff.
2: Yeah, the only—the only thing that'll increase the wait time now is just uh, waiting for the strikes
1: yeah. to resolve. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yes, strikes are still happening. So, all support to uh, writers and actors as they continue to uh, make sure they are paid what they deserve for their work. yeah evil, evil dead rise um damn what a what a fun movie and of course they're still you know they were they were thinking about you know how to continue things uh afterwards and um Lee Cronin still got ideas you know for what's gonna happen next uh, I'm just gonna paraphrase here uh, he says, you know, one of them is going to be the story behind the book is dead. He says the history in this film that's presented through the vinyl. So there's a story to be told there. It's not by accident. Also, Beth's got fancy chainsaw now. So she says, somebody that survives picks up that chainsaw. You can see exactly the tails of the chainsaw that were. Uh, that building still standing. So the apartment building itself. We already saw. Uh that the evil got out, but what's still lingering, of course. So there's the idea of, uh, there's also the aftermath in the building and who encounters that. And I, I'm being Lee Cronin, of course, who's saying this, I've often thought, what happens when the cleanup crew shows up? What does, see, that's a fun one. Because what does a cleanup crew uh, look like? Both, okay, you got your regular cleanup crew. There's a classic evil dead story there. One person You know, takes up the mantle to take the fight to all remnants of the Book of the Dead. Also, you got this fun little group called the Knights of Sumeria that still exists throughout history. Do they have a Necronomicon cleanup crew? Hmm. 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 Uh, (laughs) the, The final idea, of course, is back to the woods. And then Lee Cronin says... Because of the opening and closing, there's that continuation of how this evil has a gate. That brings us back to into that forest context, which excites me because I love that I broke the mold. But wouldn't it be fun now if I went back to the cabin in the woods? It would be. It could be a cool journey. Yeah, because um, there's a main deadite out in those woods. And there is still a character with their scalp ripped off. Yet still alive. Still alive. And Evil Dead loves its uh, heroes and heroines that have been viciously maimed in the fight against evil. There's definitely a story to be told there. Yeah, lots of of potential. Lots of potential. Very exciting time for Evil Dead. Uh, Was there is there anything that you felt was unexplored in this one? Or was it self-contained enough that it kind of just hit every note for you guys?
0: I think it hit every note. Um self-contained in its own little little sphere, as you will. Um like I said, the fact that no one no one who who didn't deserve something? <laughs> didn't get it coming to them, but there were such... So, were they likable characters? This is my this is my fight with this with this movie. Were these little kids likable? Even though they <laughs> even though he started playing the uh, the record and the book,
1: I think I, I think they were kids. So. <laughs> we we never we never really got a chance to see if they were going to be likable or not you know uh but but they didn't uh they didn't deserve what happened to them that's for sure
2: no i i, I definitely agree with that we didn't we didn't get enough time with them to learn whether or not they deserve to end up being uh weirdly amalgamated with their with their deadite mother you know at the end of that movie
1: and laugh about it and, yeah. uh, and uh each one of those family deadites had different eye colors representing the different books throughout the franchise
0: okay, that oh.
1: I didn't that I didn't notice yeah um Ellie had uh new shiny eyes for this movie uh okay yeah so <laughs> Danny has the uh has the white eyes from uh the original evil dead uh bridget has the eyes from uh 2013 and ellie has new eyes for this movie so all facets of the necronomicon are represented in this film which is again absolutely amazing the budget was uh, in between 15, and 19 million and made 146 million worldwide. So that's a uh, success. Yeah. Uh, And in April, Bruce Campbell said that he and Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi were planning for hopefully future films every two or three years. If it was a success and guess what? It was a success. Uh, So once uh, all the strike stuff, uh, pans out in favor of writers and actors um hopefully we get to see just exactly what evil dead will look like uh in the future you
0: know, when, which is exciting to adam griffin because he loves evil dead so
1: much i just i just want to see new stories <laughs> like you know like i i i've been thinking for a while that that franchise has a Loads of potential outside of the Ash character that there is no reason that they can't become even bigger than what it's been uh, over the past couple years. So, I mean, shoot, we still got that they didn't capitalize on Ghost Beaters versus the Evil Dead post Ash versus Evil Dead. It's still a mystery to me, but that's uh, that's the way of that world. So. Gotta wait and see, and yeah, like, they're working on a series bible for future creators, too. So, just to, like, the idea that that stuff's gonna have a, uh, just hard-set rules for an entire universe is endlessly fascinating to me, and I hope it pans out. Uh, what else I hope pans out is what we're gonna do next time on Instant Damn Enchiladas the Podcast. Because we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to some very weird places. See some very weird stuff. We're gonna watch Malignant and Barbarian and then talk to Ollie all y'all about it. That's so we're, what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna do that. And of course, it's gonna be two weeks because we know somebody's brain's gonna break if we start doing this every week again Probably mine so until then (laughs) this has been another episode of it's them damage a lot of the podcast handles and show notes check out all 73 other episodes we got tons of stuff out there for you listen like subscribe to all that internet content stuff because that's that's how it goes now We'll be here. Plotting and scheming. Until next Stop time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. See you real soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Goodbye.
3: Welcome everyone to Comics School, the podcast that takes you on an exciting journey through the captivating world of comics and education. I'm your host, Mike Dando, an education researcher, teacher educator, and above all, lifelong comics nerd. Join me as we delve into the powerful intersection of popular culture, civic literacy, and classroom pedagogy. Here at Comic School, we believe that comics are so much more than just colorful pages and speech bubbles. They are a gateway to imagination, a source of inspiration, and a medium for deep and meaningful learning. In each episode, we'll be bringing you engaging discussions with a wide range of guests in various fields. Together, we'll explore everything from effective literacy teaching strategies to the visionary designs of Cities for Tomorrow. Whether you're a lifelong comics aficionado, an educator looking for innovative teaching strategies, or simply someone curious about the power of visual storytelling, we've got something special in store for you. Comic School brings you engaging discussions with an array of extraordinary guests. Comic School. Buy comics, folks, for everyone.